0: Genesis chapter 2 excuse me chapter 22 verse 2 verse 5 6 through 9 just say amen when you have it and it reads like this and he said take now thy son thine only son Isaac whom thou lovest and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains of which I will tell thee of. We all know the story. It is God speaking to Abraham. In verse 5, it says, And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the asses, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and come again to you. Verse 6, it says, And Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and said, and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And they went both of them together. Verse nine. And they came to the place which God had told him and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. This is a very familiar portion of scripture where we see God calling on Abraham to give the thing that he loved the most. And as we begin to read, we find without hesitation that Abraham takes a journey. He takes a journey To follow the will of God. If I could entitle this anything, I would call it this. Following the Father's plan. If I would entitle this message anything, I would call it following the Father's plan. If you can, put your Bibles down and let's begin to lift up our hands. And let's ask that God would speak to us tonight. Let's do that now. Lord, we love you. Lord God, thank you for everything, God, that you've done. And I pray, God, that you would hide me in the blood. And God, I pray that folks don't see me, but I pray, God, that they see you. And Lord, I ask that you open up every ear and every heart of each person here tonight to receive, God, what you would want to be said. And God, we give you all the thanks and glory. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. On that note, again, tonight we have some very special, how can I say, Calvary family members that have come back here to Calvary. Uh, He is a young man that spent years at Calvary Christian School, ended up going to, if I have it correctly, Indiana Bible College. And then from there, going on to become the youth pastor at, uh, if I have it correctly, Brother Martin's Church out in Oklahoma. But now the Lord has brought him back to our church. Not only just him, the Lord has added to us. And so we have Brother Merrick and his wife and his little girl back. And so on behalf of Pastor, we want to say thank you. It is good to have you home here at Calvary Tabernacle. We can't wait to see what God is going to do in both of your lives. Amen. So going forward, following the Father, I can tell you this, Trying to follow the will of God sometimes is a joy and sometimes it can be exhilarating, but sometimes it can be a little bit challenging. Why? Is because sometimes God doesn't give you all of the, how can I say, the, the coordinates on the spiritual GPS to let you know where you're stopping at and how long you're going to be there and how you're even going to get there, period, Right? Right. Sometimes it just seems like Jack in life that God allows us to wear a blindfold. And sometimes it just seems like, you know what I'm talking about, you're walking through life with a blindfold and you're just trying to grapple and, you know, keep yourself from stumbling and falling and you're trying to find your way in the will of God. But there's one thing that I understand after reading, you know, the story of Abraham and it is this. God always knows what he's doing. Amen? God always knows what he's doing, and God also at the same time knows how to get you and me, Aiden, where he needs us to be. All God wants is somebody or some young lady that say, you know what, God, I will. As they used to say back then, how can I say, in kids' church, I am willing and I am able to do what? to follow after the will of God. Even when it begins begins to get tough and it begins to get rough and it seems like I don't know where I'm going and it just seems like, you know, in Abraham's time, God, what are you doing? I'm still gonna follow after you. And so what does Abraham do? Abraham hears the word from God. I want you to rise up and he says, I want you to go to the land of Moriah. And he says, not only do I want you to go to Moriah, but I want you to keep on traveling. And I, I want you to go and I want you to stop at the place or the mountaintop that I want, want you to go to. So what does Abraham do? He rises up early in the morning. The scripture begins to say in, how can I say in Genesis chapter 22, and he begins to put his pack all together. Why? Because he's wanting to obey the will of God. And so what does he do? He he begins to pack the wood and he begins to pack the fire. And he not only packs those things, but he brings his son who God is calling for. Landry, come on up here real quick. Right up there? Edward, I need you up there real quick. Uh, Kane, I need you up here real, real quick. Come on up here. So here's the thing. He grabs his son and he has everything packed up I want you guys to stand right here and he not only begins to just get his son but he grabs two young men and as they begin to go you know, uh, uh, Abraham travels for about three days. Now you gotta follow me. Y'all ready to follow? You, you ready to really follow? You're not gonna lag behind. Okay, let's go. So he begins to follow after the will of God. I'm gonna tell you, I can only imagine what Isaac probably was thinking in his mind. You know, we must be going on a journey again today, and I have to follow after my parents. Hopefully, you know, Isaac wasn't one of those type of kids that, you know, when you're taking that long journey like my son Corbin gets every once in a while, are we there yet? I don't think Isaac was like that, but it was a long journey. The scripture says that it took about three days to, to, uh, to get where they needed to go. And I would imagine that they, they were in high places. Y'all following? Okay, that's good. You're still here. Pastor, don't kill me. We're about to get rid of these pews anyway. I'm sorry, but somebody say amen to that. Oh, I better stop right now. So they keep on going and they keep on moving and they begin to follow and they went up. Oh, yeah, and probably, you know, went back down again They probably went back up. <laughs> you know, hey, y'all, you didn't follow what I, follow, fo- follow, but the how, I'm just messing, went back up and down. But here's the thing. Abraham was trying to follow after the voice of God. And as they begin to follow, this is the one thing that I realized. If you go and begin to research it really carefully, Abraham looks back at the boys and says, because God was like, there's the mountain. He Abraham looks up and he sees it. That's it. I'd imagine that God probably laid on his heart somewhere. And he was like, that's the place that I need you to go to. After three long days. And then from there, Abraham says, Isaac, you're going to come with me. He's, and he looks at the two lads and says, you two lads, stay here with the donkey. Me and the lad, we're going to go yonder to worship. And what does he do? This young man has to do what? He has to step away from some other young men in life. Why? It's because he's trying to follow after Not only just his father, he's following his father, but at the same time, his father is following after the voice of God. And so he begins to go and he begins to travel. And those two young men are left behind. And I sometimes, you know, I wonder why in the world did Abraham not take those two men with him? Why? Because I don't know. There was wood. They, They had a load to take with him it would have been a good idea just to take these two guys with them, right? So they can do all the carrying. But it wasn't so. When you begin to reflect and you begin to think about, you know, what was about to take place on the altar. I can only imagine that the reason why that Abraham told these young men that, you know what, you're going to have to stay exactly where you're at is because if those two men would have gone with him, those two men God did not speak to and because God did not speak to those two men, those two men right there would probably mess up the plans of God. Why or how? Easy. You know how it is that sometimes when you're trying to follow after God, that all of a sudden when somebody sees you trying to rise up in your in your commitment to God and in your walk with God, that, oh, I've never heard this before. You don't have to do that. It don't, it don't take all that. Why are you you praying the way that you pray? Why are you dressing the way that you're dressing? Why? Because, you know, God is calling me. God is calling me to a higher place. Going back to the story, if these two men would have probably come with Abraham and Isaac, those two men would have probably tried to either stop Abraham from sacrificing Isaac or they would have tried to talk either one of those two men out of what God was trying to do in their lives. I want to tell somebody tonight, it's it's a good thing to have people around you. But every once in a while, you have to understand this one thing. God is looking to call some people out. He's looking to call some people a little bit higher. And I'm going to tell you, you just can't take everybody with you. I'm gonna tell you young person you just can't take everybody with you. Why is because if you even try that young person that you may be tag team up or you call your BFF or your Ace Boon Kuh may try to talk you out of what God is trying to do in your life. Come on, we've been there before where somebody's just like, you know, you don't have to go to church, you know, on Wednesday, or you don't have to lift it. Why don't you just kick back and just relax? And somebody's trying to talk you out of what God is trying to do in your life. And so what you and I have to understand, IBC students, is this. Sometimes you just have to walk by yourself and sometimes leave some people behind. Why? Is because God called you and he did not call them. God called you to a higher standing, and he's calling you to a deeper relationship with him. And just, there's just some people, why? They just don't want to go there. Because I'm going to tell you, whew, God's ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our... Whew, I can imagine... Abraham leading his son up the mountain. I imagine, is this rated for over 300 pounds? John, I do not want to end up on one of Madison Anderson's memes. If this falls, it's all over. I'm going to lose the crowd and everything. Just pray my strength in the Lord, saints. But here's the thing. Going up a mountain takes work. Going up a mountain takes work. It takes vigor. And to an extent, it takes some strength. And also at the same time, it also takes a made-up mind that you're not just going to give up in the middle of the journey. And so I can imagine that as Abraham is, you know, trying to answer the will of God, he's got to go a little bit higher. Where some people just don't want to go sometimes. Why? Because it can become tough. And, you know, not everything, not everyone can, can, how can I say, wants to go? Because up there it can get a little bit lonely and things are a little bit different up there. The air is a little bit different than what it is down here. You got to put forth a little bit of effort, you know, to go a little bit higher. And I can imagine that Abraham, as he's, as he's calling, he's hearing the calling of God and he's beckoning his son. He's just trying to go a little bit higher. Yeah. Wow. I can tell you it was a little bit tough and I'm sweating definitely. I'm sweating up here. <laughs> but I'm gonna tell you, It's a little challenging to climb higher, but I'm telling you, once you get to the top, the view is so different. I can see Sister D. Giovanni sitting right there, and right next to her two pews over is the brand new baby. That baby's so cute, man. Man. I can look all the way over here. You may not be able to see it, but I can see Sister Williams all the way over there. One, two, three, four, five pews away from the back. Man, I can see it all. I can see Sister CJ, Brother Mike. I can... I see young Brother Miller back there. Man, I see it all. Yeah, look, look, look. Somebody just slid their phone right there in their pocket. <laughs> I better stop. I'm so, Pastor, I'm so sorry. You gave me the microphone. I'm sorry, Pastor. But I'm going to tell you, the view up here is a whole lot different. It may take some work to get here. But I want to tell you this, saints. The view up here is, whole, is so much different in life. And here's the thing that I understand sometimes in the calling of God, it can be challenging because some of you right now, you're going through the situation, probably just like Abraham, where you're having to hold some things up for your family. You're trying to, how can I say, also pursue the, the calling of God upon your life and on your family. And every once in a while, you know, as you're trying to climb and you're trying to follow after God, that it just seems like there's a little resistance, right? Sometimes it can get a little bit challenging, you know, to move a little higher because God's calling you to a deeper walk with him or he's calling you to a deeper time in prayer or he's calling you to a deeper place in reading your word. And Sometimes it can get just a little bit challenging, whether if it's in your family or if it's in your job or if it's in your, it can just get a little bit challenging. But I want to tell you, it's worth the hike. I want to tell somebody tonight, it doesn't matter what you're going through, whatever mountain you're trying to climb, you know, to answer the calling of God upon your life. I'm going to tell you, you, I want to encourage you, keep on climbing. Why? It's because the view up here is a whole lot different than the view down there. I want to tell you, when you begin to rise when you begin to get to that elevation that God is calling you to, I want to tell you, you are allowed to see some things in the Spirit that no one else gets a chance to see. Amen? There's some things that God begins to hand you on top of the mountaintop. If you begin to go all the way to verse 15 and also verse 17, when Abraham got to the mountaintop and after he had begun to, how can I say, lay his son on the altar, God began to say, you know what? I've got a blessing waiting for you. i got a blessing waiting for you. When I'm going to bless you, there's so much blessings and so much multiplication that I'm going to place inside of your life. And he said, not only just you, but I've got something for your family. I've got something for your children. I've got something for your grandkids. If you just keep climbing and you listen to the voice of Almighty God. So I want to tell you, so I want to tell somebody tonight, it's worth the climb to go up there. It's worth every pain, it's worth every tear. It's worth every time you've got to get down on your knees and pray for your kids. Why? Because when you're done getting to the mountaintop somebody. I want to tell somebody when you're done and you get to the mountaintop, God says, I've got so much blessing for you, for your children, the ones you've been praying for. I've got it. All you got to do is just keep on climbing, keep on pushing, keep on fighting. Don't let down. Don't let go and don't back up. I want to encourage somebody tonight, whatever you're going through tonight, If you're in your mountaintop experience, you just keep on climbing because at the top of it and at the end of it is almighty God and his promises that he has stored up for you. (sighs) Come on, somebody lift your hands right now. Come on, you know who you are right now in this place. You know exactly who you are. You've been fighting and you've been, you've been praying. You've been, you've been showing like David said, you know, making my couch, you know, full of tears and stuff like that. You've been interceding and you've been just feel like you're fighting up a, a uphill battle. But I want to tell you tonight, it's going to be worth it all. It's going to be worth it all. He didn't stop there. Before he got to that mountaintop, you two guys can go back to your seat. Come on over here. Before he got to the mountaintop, if you begin to read verse six, as Abraham is getting off that donkey and all of a sudden he tells those young men, you can stay right there. Me and the young men were going up, like that old song, going up the yonder. I better stop. (sighs) Going up yonder. All of a sudden, he, he begins to unpack everything. The scripture says that, say right there. It says he looks at the young man, his son, and he gives him the wood. He gives it to him. That was one of the things that Abraham gave his son on that journey. What was the wood used for in a sacrifice? I'll tell you. It seemed like it was the foundation for the sacrifice itself. Why? Because if you go and read, it said that Abraham began to, how can I say, order the wood, put it in a certain way. What was he doing? He was laying a good foundation for that sacrifice. And then usually what happens in the sacrifice, you would put the, you know, the the animal on top and then the fire would come. That wood was like a foundation. And you know what his father did? His father who had had so many sacrifices in his life and probably young Isaac had seen those sacrifices many times. And that dad held that wood and he would take it himself and Abraham would carry that wood himself probably and then he would lay everything out. But this journey was a little different. Why? Is because Abraham's about 100 years old, a little bit more, and instead of him carrying the wood himself, young people, He turns and he gives it to his son. He gives his son that foundation for the altar. When I think of foundation for my walk with God and my children's walk with God, I think about the word of God. I think about this great foundation that has been laid so many years at Calvary. And it's been passed to one generation, to the next generation, to the next generation, and now to this present. And flipping back to the story, Abraham's an old man. But he looks at his son and goes, You carry it. You carry the foundation for sacrifice. Why? Probably because he realized that Isaac just wasn't a little boy anymore. He was strong enough and big enough to carry that burden or that load. I want to tell somebody tonight, it's okay to look at this generation right here. It's okay to look at this young generation especially the ones that have been here for 30, 40 years, and even more carrying this word of God, carrying this truth and turning around and saying, it's your turn to carry. It's your turn. I've carried it for a long time. It's your turn to carry. It's your turn to carry the truth. It's your turn to carry the word of God. Why? Because you're old enough and you're big enough. Calvary youth, you are old enough and big enough to carry the truth. You are old enough and big enough to carry this this word that is so precious to each and every one of us in this building. The reason why we have what we have today, why we're we're such a blessed church, is because this. Amen. And then from there, Abraham not only brings, he not only brings the wood and hands it to Isaac, but Abraham himself brings the fire. He brings the fire with him. Why? It's because you can't have a good sacrifice without fire. Here's the one thing that I was thinking about today, and it just dawned on me as I was praying and going through this. God said. He told Abraham, he was like, in verse 2, I believe. He turns and says, you know, I'm going to show you the mountain that I want you to go to. But yet and still, if you look very carefully, he carried fire with him. Have you ever asked yourself what it would be like trying to light a fire on top of a mountain? Do we have any mountain climbers here or people who like to hike up mountains? Raise your hand. Do you ever notice the wind that's there? Let alone, I have a hard time. My wife is probably laughing at me if, while I'm at the house. While I'm even in my backyard trying to light the fire. And the wind begins to blow. Think about that. When you get to a higher elevation, like a mountain, the wind begins to blow even more. Think about the challenge that Abraham had to have to take the fire up the mountain, a place that's windy, different elevation. When I think about that, the only thing I can think about is probably the battle that Abraham had to have trying to guard his fire. He's got to guard his fire, probably to make sure his fire doesn't blow out. Because at any time, if he's not careful, the elements that are around can easily just do this. And what fire does he have to bring to the sacrifice? But I can imagine Abraham just trying to be very careful as he's traveling up that mountain. Trying to make sure that his fire doesn't blow out like at men's retreat every once in a while. If if he's not careful, he can actually smother his fire if he's not too careful. And after a while, that fire will go out. So what does that mean? He he has to be very careful as he's going up the hill. He's got to protect his fire. Our tabernacle in this day and this hour that we live in, we got to do this. Because you see it. You see everything. You see the winds blowing of the world. It's blowing through this place. And would love to blow out the light here at Calvary Tabernacle. But I'm going to say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And serving the Lord means sometimes, you know what it means? Guarding that fire. Guarding the fire against Negativity. Guarding the fire away from doubt. Folks that would try to sow doubt in your life. People that would try to get you to turn back, remind you of what you used to be, what you used to do, and try to pull you away from what God has done for you. But what you have to do every once in a while, you just got to guard your fire and say, hey, this is what God has done in my life. You got to guard your fire. For sometimes, sometimes, I'm going to be honest, if we're not careful, we can get away from prayer just a little bit because we have the hustle and bustle of the day or hustle and bustle of school life. And we're just trying to get to every MSA. We're trying to get to every, you know, every class. We're trying to get through every band practice and stuff like this. If we're not careful, our light can get a little dim or it can. But when that happens, I'm so glad to know one thing that I can go and find an altar prayer and have God just reignite my fire. God, burn bright in my life. God, burn bright in my family. Lord, God, help me to protect your spirit that that fire in my life, God, to let it keep burning bright in my life for my children, for my job, for my community, He brings that fire. He's got the wood. And the young lad looks at him and says, we have the wood and we've got the fire. But where's the sacrifice? We've got the wood and we've got the fire. But where's the sacrifice? I'm closing. I can only imagine the conversation that day when Abraham looks at him and says, It's you. It's not, it's not the money, it's not any of those things. It's not the clothes, it's, it's not another lamb. It's, it's Isaac, it's you. It's what he wants. And you gotta understand people at this time. When I used to look at the story, I used to always either look at veggie tales and stuff like that, or, or what is it? You see one of those little cartoons, and they always depict Isaac as a little boy. But if you begin to go and research and look at the historians, we'll find out that Isaac is around the age of 24 and 36. He is a big, robust man. Yeah, this is the time. You can just flip. No, I'm just joking. But here's the thing that I find so strange. There was never a struggle. There was never a fight. When Abraham turns around and says, it's you. There was never a battle. Or Isaac never ran away. Why? It's because there was a son that trusted a father. He trusted in his father's faith. And so what did he do? He stood there and allowed himself to be bound. And he had to make a decision to place himself on the altar. You see, at any time he could have ran away, could have blown the whole thing, could have blown God's plans. But what that young man did was he aligned himself up with the will and the plan of God. Do me a favor, just lay down on there. He had to himself make the decision to get on the altar and give his life because that's what God was asking for if we can stand thank you You play there was wood and there was fire But a sacrifice is not ever complete. We're just. Word of fire. We've always got to put something. On the altar. And the thing that God. Back then. Was asking for. is He's still asking for. The same thing today. He wants to know whether or not. If we reverence him. What would we give to him today? Again, it's not, it's not money. It's not even a car. The thing that God is asking for is you. Jaden, he's asking for you. He's asking for you. He's looking for you. He's looking for me. And just like Isaac today, he's waiting for each and every one of us to make a decision. He wants to take us higher. And that's great. But at the top, he wants to know, are you willing to give you not just for Sunday, not just for a week, not just when things go good. Will you give God you for the rest of your life? I know you may be thinking for some of you, maybe you're a guest and you're thinking, you know, what does God want from me? Have you seen what I've come, where I come from and what has happened in my life? Oh, yes. You're a prime candidate. God wants you. With the Matthews, have you, you, you seen what's going on in my household? See what's going on with my children? See what's going on with my marriage? How could God want me? I'm, I'm gonna tell you, you're a prime you're a prime candidate. God wants you. And he's just waiting for you to make a decision today, just like a Isaac and say, God, I'm willing to lay it all down. I'm willing to trust you. Well, not just a part of my life, but I'm willing to trust you with all of my life with all of my plans, with all of my dreams, with all of my ambitions, because that's what Isaac represented. He represented everything that, the promises that was given to Abraham. But Abraham said, I'm laying it down. For somebody today, and I close with this, are you willing to lay your all on the altar? i say it again. Are you willing to lay your all on the altar? Brother Matthews, you just don't know. I understand, but God's still calling you. Brother Matthews, you, you just don't know. You know just what I've been through. God's still calling you too. Life has been a struggle for the past year, and I've lost so much. God is like, I'm still calling you. so I end with this. Will you put your all on the altar? Will you give God what he's been knocking on your door every morning? Or while you've been at work, he's been knocking on your heart, saying that I want more of you. I'm calling you. Will you answer? I don't know about you tonight but I want him to have all of me tonight. If you feel that way, I want Calvary, I want you to come and flood the altars tonight. I want you to come and find a place, just find a place to just rededicate, reconsecrate, just give your all on the altar tonight.